the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. A straightforward approach to managing your money. The Rob Black Show. Wikiwa, welcome in. Take on Wall Street, show dedicated to getting you to retirement. Money investing in more, as I like to say. It's the Rob Black Show. Yesterday we had mixed, not mixed markets. Hmm. We had mixed markets start the day. But as the day went on, the NASDAQ, the S&P 500, and the Dow Jones Industrial Average all did pretty well. Going up more than one half percent, pushing up to one percent. S&P 500 closed at a record high. On news that Carmelo Anthony is joining the Lakers, new. No. It was a strong earnings out there. Robinhood, the stock, not Robinhood, the app, same company, but Robinhood, the stock has started to get gargantuanly um, frothy. I'm not a big fan of froth in my beer. I'm not a big fan of froth in my stocks. A government investigation to New York Governor Andrew Cuomo found that he has sexually harassed multiple women during his time in office and created a work environment that is rife with fear and intimidation. Cuomo is facing calls to resign from President Biden and others said the facts are much different than what has been portrayed. Oh, my, my, my. The media is harsh both directions. And um, you got to be careful. So even looking inappropriate, it's pretty inappropriate these days. I know that sounds like a ridiculous things to say, but there's something that perception is reality. And that's something I, I try to stress to my children and to my radio audience. Be careful what you post because it can and will come back to haunt you. Business icon Charlie Munger has called Bitcoin rat poison. Twitter and Square CEO Jack Dorsey said it could bring about world peace. <laughs> Isn't that a dichotomy, right? In a major speech yesterday, Wall Street top cop, the head of the SEC, said he's intrigued by the technology but wants more regulation to protect investors. Just a dozen years after Bitcoin was introduced to the world, it's exploded. The market's worth about $1.6 trillion. 77 tokens are at least worth now $1 billion each. 1,600 are worth at least $1 million. As the nation's top financial regulator, he could hand down the most significant rules. Gary Gensler. Sounds like a stand-up comedian, doesn't it? Gary. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together and give a warm welcome to Gary Gensler. <laughs> no. Gensler's belief about crypto can be summed up in two words. Speculative investment. I mostly agree with that statement. So one of my least favorite TV shows of all time was Sex in the City. Um Eh, not because I'm a woman hater, but because I'm not a big fan of $400 pair of shoes. And living single in New York is very expensive versus settling down with a partner. I'm kidding about that one. Both could be expensive. 
but sex in the city. How about vax in the city? Hot vax, summer in the city. New York City has become the first major U.S. city to require vaccines for indoor activities. Gems, Broadway shows, Ruth Chris Steakhouse. Children under 12 don't have to comply. Um, but what's interesting is right now the two states that showed – the two largest states that showed the biggest pushbacks, Florida and Texas, are showing the mass effects of not having vaccines by the unvaccinated heading to the hospital and, and testing at all-time high levels of COVID in their state. Interesting. I'm not going to judge, but I think history is going to tell us a tale of how it swept from state to state in different environments and how the states that were most resistant early on are the ones who paid the price later on. China's crackdown on tech companies has claimed another victim. Tencent, the owner of Riot Games, the maker of Honor of Kings, the world's top grossing game in 2019 and 2020. <clears throat> Tencent's shares slid yesterday. Tencent responded by banning all in-game purchases for minors and tightening the time limit for play on kids. Um, I don't think China's got this totally wrong. I'm not crazy about, hey, let's regulate a company after they've been you know, doing their thing for five to ten years. But saying we should limit how much our kids play and how much they're able to spend and the gamification of video games of pay a little bit more, get a better outfit. A couple of years ago, Kim Kardashian pulled in tens of millions of dollars with an app on Apple and Google where you could live the fabulous life of Kim Kardashian. And if you just had a dog, it looked like a mutt. If you upgraded that dog with five and $10 of, of spending coins, probably K coins, Kardashian coins, then you got like the poodle of the year, the one that won the dog show, the one that could do a electronic backflip. Tencent may not be a household name in the United States, but its fingerprints are all over uh, the United States. So you may not know Honor of Kings, but they own 5% of Activision Blizzard, 5% of Tesla, 12% of Snap, and 40% of Fortnite, which is made by Epic Games. So in a strange way, if you think China is going to reverse and you think Epic's going to win their lawsuit with Apple on in-game purchases, which is interesting because Tencent's getting in trouble in their own country on that, what a way to play uh, Fortnite coming public down the road. Yes, maybe Tencent because, again, Tencent owns 40% to Epic, 12% of Snap, so you've gotten a huge play there. In social media, 5% of Tesla, so you get electric vehicle, and 5% of Activision Blizzard. International investors have burned. Um, they've been burned by the Chinese regulators this, gosh, what are we in the second quarter? I guess we've moved into the third quarter now, haven't we? <laughs> the year's flying by. Forgive me for that mistake. Elsewhere in the world of financial news day, things that we need to know. The S&P 500 hit a record closing high yesterday. The Dow Jones Industrial Average came close. Ten-year Treasury sits at 1.18%. It slipped a little bit to 1.14% this morning. 
in the wake of a disappointing ADP employment change report for July, we didn't add as many jobs as we wanted to to private sector payrolls. We added 330,000. We were expecting to add 650,000. So the word peak growth, the narrative is starting to take form. Now, there's a placating factor in all of this. It's the idea that disappointing labor market data will keep the Fed in a patient mindset with respect to changing its monetary policy, which will, again, prolong the cycle of low interest rates, prolong low credit card payments, low mortgage rates, low borrowing costs for corporations. General Motors, Lyft, CVS Healthcare, Emerson, Kraft Heinz, Amerisource Bergen, all reported quarterly results yesterday after the close. They all surpassed expectations because they underpromised and overdelivered. None of the stocks are really responding like they had blowouts. A lot of stuff is built in this market right now. There's a lot of festering worries about the Delta variant on the global economy. There's muted reactions to better than expected earnings. There's continued complacency in big indices that are at near record highs, even though there's a lot of bad news. And then there's August, historically the worst month of the year. Can you find a reason to be optimistic today? Drop me an email, Rob, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com. Questions about how to invest in your retirement? Check out robblackshow.com and get in on the conversation. Subscribe to the podcast and video channels. No one cares more about your money than you do. It's time to start to feel good about your financial future. RobBlackShow.com. RobBlackShow.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Some crazy conversations going on in America that I never thought would happen. There's a proposal now to hold the intentionally unvaccinated liable for any cost if their decisions hurt or harm others basically making unvaccinated people accountable. That seems like the wrong approach. I can, I don't know social platforms like justice and such, but that seems very, very strange. Um, As far as conversation and logic goes. So I was the top in my class in logic. Um, my college professor wanted me to pursue it. And I said, uh, why? <laughs> Which is kind of a logic joke because there's no jobs in that industry other than teaching other people how to logically think. GM's earnings smashed expectations, but it wasn't enough. The stock's down. CVS stock drops despite strong results. Lyft turns profitable sooner than expected. Royal Caribbean's results disappoint. Let's hit Lyft real quick, shall we? Uber and Lyft in 2019 seems like such a long time ago where we were talking about, is it okay for a woman to get into a Lyft or an Uber? A, if she's drunk and doesn't know if it's a Lyft or Uber, but thinks it's her Lyft or Uber. B, if the Lyft or Uber driver has a sexual predatory track record in the courts. Like we were asking social questions that were kind of good questions to ask. What's the background checks on these drivers? Because every now and then you would hear about a driver raping someone or a driver, you know, taking someone to the airport and then going back to their house and robbing them. Um, But those were so few and far between, but they were sensational stories. Now we get into 
do you want to get into an Uber? Because do you remember that time you'd get into an Uber and you're like, I'm in no rush to get home. And instead of a $60 drive, I'll take a $30 drive and get to a lift line. And I'll sit next to my good fellow. Oh, who is this good fellow getting into the car? And that too was like, that doesn't even seem like the world we live in right now, right? Lift post revenue of six, 765 million up 125% from a year ago and well ahead of expectations. The ability to attract gig workers back has been pretty slow for Lyft and Uber. Lyft said active riders reached 17.1 million up 97% from a year ago, up 27% from the March quarter. I don't think the year ago number means much because we were in hardcore lockdown. I think the up from the March quarter does give us something to think about. Um, the average rider revenue, revenue per rider, that's one of their stats that they use, uh, up nicely from last year. But again, the promotions needed to get people into lifts last year were pretty ridiculous. So quarter to quarter, not that great. It is nice to see that they're profitable. Um, I don't want to jump up and down on this one because it's just one case, but it's nice to see one of those companies that was considered a unicorn companies with a billion dollars in revenue, but no earnings. Royal Caribbean's in the news. Their stocks falling after the cruise line operator reported earnings that showed a larger than predicted loss. They're thrilled to be back on the water at accelerated speeds. I'm not a big cruise guy. I've heard horrible, horrible stories from people. I know you're saying, boy, you're negative on cruises. It would take a lot to get me on a cruise. Not because I'm afraid of it or anything. It just doesn't sound like fun to me. Um, after 16 months of being at virtual standstill, um, they're picking up momentum, they're saying. There's not enough story there. Not enough story. As far as um, open recovery. CVS stocks dropping despite strong results. Again, in the world of investing, and this show we bump against some funny things, right? And I hope you do too. I like, no, I don't like going to CVS. Um, if I go to CVS, it's typically a miserable experience for me because A, I don't like shopping. But their healthcare benefits segment rose 11.1%. Primarily different, delivered uh, by the deferral of elective procedures and other discretionary utilization in response to COVID-19 pandemic during. Their pharmaceutical services sales rose 10%. There were some pretty good numbers in there. But when people are putting off their elective procedures, let's say tummy tucks. When you get a tummy tuck, you tend to get a lot of medicine because that hurts like heck. Their 2022 commentary is kind of important. They're going to raise wages to $15 an hour starting in July 2022, which will add an estimated $485 million in labor costs. At the same time, the company only raised guidance by 2%, even though earnings beat by 17%. I'm hearing some crazy stories about worker pay. Um, 
CVS said that they're going to lower the education requirements. Now, first and foremost, I've been into CVS and some of the clerks there, and I'm not being mean, I'm not being ugly, I'm not being cruel. Some of them have questionable, I wonder if they finished high school. Um, and again, I could knock CVS, I could re- knock right in, I could, lock up, I could knock a lot of retailers right now. But that's how uh, messed up our job economy is. So we know we had the stimulus. We know that people were paid not to go to work. We know that now there's a Republican versus Democrat debate. Take away that stimulus to stay at home. Force people back to work or into more poverty by giving them less aid if they choose not to work. But you can see right there with CVS. They're saying we're having problems getting people to come to our stores and fill out applications. So in the past where we would turn people away on education and we only paid $13, $14 an hour, now we're going to pay $15 an hour and we're going to lower that education hurdle. In the end, that may backfire a bit only because we associate education with refinement in the United States. When you go into a CVS and you go, hey, uh, where's that uh, jock itch powder? And the person behind the register goes, eh, I don't know. You'd rather have the person eloquent and say, that would be aisle four, Mr. Black. Seems like you've been exercising and you need some medication. Thank you for visiting CVS today. I don't think it's that kind of dry. It shows you there's a weakness in our jobs market with the settling that corporations are having to do in order to retain a pulse to work for them. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. Invest in what is really important. Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. Are you concerned with financial planning, tax planning, managing your investments, or just planning your retirement? Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP has your financial future in mind. Learn more by visiting robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Joining me now, patrickohairbriefing.com, a service I've personally been using for over 20 plus years. It's a great way to start the day. It's a great way to check in on the day after lunch. You could use it to build your professional portfolios. You could use it to... Uh, micromanage your personal portfolios. Um, end to end, there's economists, there's strategy, there's IPOs, there's breaking headline news, there's economic calendars, earnings calendars, and much, much more. Probably my favorite is the Patrick O'Hare angle where I get to talk to a market strategist about what's going on and why on Wall Street. Uh, he does a page one each and every day. So I think that's better than checking in on CNBC. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? I'm okay, Rob. Thanks. Appreciate those kind words. All true. So we're in the dog days of August, and I'm starting to feel the dog days of August. I haven't taken a vacation yet this summer. I'm getting a little bit edgy. Should I just go to the beach and not check in for a week? Is that what's happening? Low volatility on Wall Street because people are checking out? Well, there is some 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 validity to that. There's a seasonality factor here uh, where, yeah, you do kind of hit it these summer doldrums. We're now kind of getting through really the whole, the the meat of the second quarter earnings reporting period. I mean, there's still some high profile companies out there, but probably what we saw last week was kind of like the, um, the apex of the, um, 
uh, of the focus on the earnings reporting season with you know the likes of Apple and Microsoft and Amazon and Alphabet and Facebook all reporting. Um, and since they're so heavily weighted within the in the market and, and account for over 20% of the market capitalization, kind of everyone was sitting on edge there waiting to see if those reports and the reaction to those reports are really going to like cause a break uh, up or down in the market. They didn't do either, really. Um, so we just kind of had a muted response to those reports, all things considered. And so we still continue to levitate here near near record highs. But you're about ready to kind of lose the uh, the earnings factor, if you will, as a as a market moving catalyst. And we can kind of even see that a little bit this morning in the response to the report from General Motors uh, and CVS Health, two blue chip companies, both of which reported really good earnings news. Yet both stocks are trading down here. GM down close to seven percent, CVS Health down close to two percent. I think it's just kind of a reflection of the idea that. Uh, a lot of the good news has been priced in already or accounted for, and that we probably are, as you kind of allude to in your question, sort of heading into a, a quiet period or so uh, with a market that's searching for a, a new fundamental catalyst. Do you believe in the Tina? There's no other alternative investment angle. It has some sort of stickiness on Wall Street that bond rates are so low that you might as well invest in stocks. Yeah, I, I've, I've become a subscriber to it. Um, you know, when you look at just how much money is out there, uh, $300 billion in, in additional savings accounts, just personal savings versus where we were, um, you know, before the pandemic started, uh, you know, $4.5 trillion or so just sitting in money market fund assets right now, you know, ready to kind of go to work uh, contemplating where to move. Uh, and and you see, you know, a 10-year yield, which earlier this morning was down to 1.13%, come back up to 1.2%. But, you know, uh, and with real yields as negative as they are, um, you know, you have to find a way to, you know, beat inflation. And, you know, the stock market is probably your best uh, alternative there. Um, you, you know, people would argue this, you know, alter- alternate Alternative assets, of course, which is real estate, and, and and some would even argue cryptocurrencies as another means of trying to outpace inflation. But but my domain is the stock market, and when you look at where real rates are um, and where earnings growth is, and even where earnings growth is going to go to, you still have a pretty good argument to to remain invested in in the equity market because you're not you're not getting a return out of out of fixed income. So. This may be too big of a question, and you're totally allowed to slap me around for saying that. What's next? Um, <laughs> we're in earnings season. We're coming out of earnings season. We're moving to the back half of the year. We've had some warnings from Facebook that back to school and Christmas probably won't be as strong as – or their quarter won't, their quarters won't be as strong as those components would suggest they should be. Um is stimulus passed? Is earnings passed? Or what are we looking for next? I suppose. Yeah. Well, I think probably the one thing that's certainly on the near horizon is the stimulus um, question. Uh, will Congress ultimately get through both measures—the one trillion dollar bipartisan package—but probably more importantly for the for the stock market's uh, perspective, the you know three and a half trillion dollar human infrastructure. Uh, spending package, which uh, all reports suggest is, is probably going to 
have, uh, you know, um, higher corporate tax rates um, involved with it, right? And so uh, there's some question, though, right now, obviously, as to whether Congress can make it happen. Um, you know, you're hearing some some chatter that, you know, you don't have every Democratic senator, uh, you know, on board with the $3.5 trillion price tag. Um, you know, so that's and, and then you have House Speaker Pelosi telling everyone that, look, they're not even going to take up the vote in the House until the Senate passes them both. So we have some hurdles to get over there. So uh, so that's something that, you know, in a what's next category is is going to factor prominently here in the near term. You know, a little bit beyond that, though, it's it's Fed policy considerations and kind of what we heard recently from the Fed chair is just, um, you know, have probably a few more reports, months at, at least, in terms of watching the employment data. And we certainly didn't get a number in the ADP employment report today that would uh, necessarily convince the Fed that it needs to be somewhat hasty in, in you know, easing its monetary policy. So, um, so we will continue to watch that incoming data in coming months and, and how it directly uh, relates to what change it could bring for, for monetary policy and how quickly those changes could happen. There's just no knowing right now, um, you know, in terms of the pace of change. We do know right now, though, that the Fed is, is intent to be patient. So the market has to be somewhat patient and watch along with the Fed the next few months of incoming data. Is there anything that you're working on right now that isn't encapsulating my short-term uh, mouse-sized brain at this point in time? Because I'm just well, focused on the now right now. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's a couple things I'm just kicking around here. Um, you know, one is we talk about, you know, just how low rates are. Um, and even though, you know, the equity market still, you know, looks to be, you know, the place to be, you do have to, you know, probably gravitate more toward toward quality within that equity market because we are at high valuations and if rates do ultimately ever come up again uh, and or come up quickly, um, you know, quality is where you want to be concentrated. So, um, so looking, you know, at the idea of the perhaps um, uh, favoring more uh, the quality companies that have good dividend growth stories here um, with decent yields um, relative to what you can get in a in the treasury market. That's one idea. The other idea, of course, is just the U.S. has just been so stellar. The market here has been so stellar for so long. And then kind of looking at it as a question of, you know, where are we relative to foreign equity markets in terms of, you know, the, the relative performance narrative, right? We saw that play out earlier in the year when, or late last year, even when, you know, growth got so far ahead of value, you saw just a massive switch where even value then outperformed growth by, you know, a significant margin. And, and then that kind of got, you know, reined in. So looking perhaps at seeing if, you know, is the U.S. now poised to sort of get reined in here as market participants start to look at perhaps better relative value in other markets? I'm not so sure yet. This is something I'm looking at, but uh, something to consider here. Okay. Now, is there anything else uh, like in my head that I'm trying to structure for the next six months? I guess we're going to start dropping 2019 when we talk about the economy and stocks and historical performance. And 2020 will become the the bottom year of, oh, that was the, the bottom. 
2021 will become the first year of the recovery. Are we moving into a second year of recovery type economy um, on the short term focus or right. uh, is it going to be more? Yeah, I think there's, Go ahead. Yeah, there's a transitional period here, right? We know that um, clearly you're not going to repeat the earnings growth we're seeing right now, right? We're pushing okay. 90% year over year. Okay. So the market knows you're at peak earnings growth. This question is just, you know, how slow does, does the growth turn out to be in coming quarters. So, um, and the same thing goes for, you know, for, um, for economic growth. So, um, you know, that's, that's one factor. The other thing though, is that I'm not so sure we are done with 2019 just yet. And I say that respectfully uh, as it relates to the inflation view, right? Uh, We heard, you know, Live Nation today say their average ticket price is up 10% versus 2019, right? And so, I think we kind of almost have to sit there and look at like, okay, where's the inflation rate? Not relative to where we were in 2020 when we were in the midst of the pandemic, but where's the inflation, you know, right now relative to where we were before that pandemic, you know, how higher prices now relative to those 2019 prices, because, you know, that could lend itself into the whole idea that inflation is not only up, but it's more persistent here. And, uh, and that's something to be watchful for over the next six months, I would say. Worthy of note, Live Nation is a reopening play. Stock's up 4% on the news or with some of the news that you just mentioned, talking about higher ticket prices and strong demand. Thanks for joining me. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. Wall Street likes a little bit of inflation, but not too much and not too little. You can find me online at Rob Black's show. You can find Briefing at Briefing.com. It's Briefing.com. Patrick O'Hare always does a great job with Briefing.com. Best way to start your day, a little bit of financial knowledge. I'm Rob Black. Find me at robblackshow.com. Resources to help you manage your money. Visit robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. A personal financial plan with custom investment advice. That's why Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP services were built with you in mind. How can they help you? Find out at robblackshow.com. Robblackshow.com. So I'm taking a little bit of a left turn. Our guest from briefing just talked about Live Nation. And this is the perfect reopening play. And it's a company that I talked about six months ago, seven months ago, eight months ago. I heard Mark Cuban talking about it. I was like, eh, if it's good enough for his kind of like common man approach, it's good enough for my common man approach. Um, we all hate Live Nation. We hate Ticketmaster. Why? Because we've bought tickets before. Some of you went to see Luciana Pavrai. Some of you went to see the Washington Capitals play the San Jose Sharks. Some of you went to, I don't know, the Opera. And you're like, okay, the tickets are 50 bucks. I can afford that. And then like the next thing you know, the tickets are $77 with fees and services tied in. You're like, what just happened there? And the higher the ticket costs, the higher the commission fee, it feels like. So Live Nation reported solid second quarter 2021 results. Their stock is higher than it was in 2019 pre-pandemic. Even though we haven't all started to go to live events, we've started picking up some tickets. I got some tickets in September. I have some tickets in October. And I have some tickets for next August. So Live Nation has gotten my money in the last six months as they had to give me credit when those concerts were shut down in 2020 and 2021, 
But now that they're being rescheduled for 2021 and 2022, I'm right back there giving my money. Vaccine rollouts in Canada and Europe are increasing. More markets are likely to open broadly in the coming months. Ticketmaster in North America was the fourth best month in the history for transacted ticket volume. Um, so back real quick to that Bill Ackman thing a couple weeks ago where he's like, what you're seeing in Florida in Texas with just these high COVID positive testing results that in the next two, three weeks will lead to high hospital utilization rates. That'll lead to news on CNBC, CNN, Fox. Look at all these people dying. Or maybe it won't, depending on what sort of political angle is being covered that day. Those are still people who are getting their shots. They're just getting them the wrong way. So they're building herd immunity pretty quick in America by people who are panicked and now are getting the shot and by people who are getting sick. Um, so that bodes well for Live Nation. Isn't this morbid having a conversation like this? Now that people are dying at alarmingly fast rates in Florida and Texas, it is more of a let's go and buy concert tickets signal. That's pretty morbid. Concerts, the segment revenues total $287 million, up from the prior year quarter of $141 million. Again, the prior year, that's kind of useless. Ticketing, the segment's revenue amounted to $244 million, up from the prior year quarter figure of $87 million. That's looking a little bit better. Sponsorship revenues were up to $44.6 million, up from $18.4 million. Balance of cash, $4 billion versus last year at this time, $2.5 billion. There's a lot of goodwill inside of that. Goodwill being people who have said, okay, you can keep my cash. Just give me credit for a future show. Do I still like this as a reopening play? I could make a case for it. Am I following it today? I, I'm not. Um, but I will tell you this. In the last 40 years, I've given Ticketmaster a lot of my money. Something that's important to me is live music. And it's probably the thing that I missed most during COVID. I don't have a lot of friends. As my eldest son said to me, dad, you only have two friends. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. But I, they're good ones. That's totally fair. <laughs> I didn't miss friends during the COVID period, but I did miss live music. Anyhow, and anyway, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. Earnings season is starting to abate now. It was glorious. It was like falling in love all over again at 18 years old and getting that first kiss and you're just electrified. That's how good earning season was. Now, eh, it's a fleeting memory and she's no longer answering your phone calls. There's been muted results or reactions to those results. There's worry about right now a weaker market just from this month alone I need a vacation, people. I've been grinding it now for two years since this whole COVID started. And I think I've taken two whole weeks off, probably another week of days. But I'm at the point of my career where I need a little bit more time. I'm sorry. This is too much work. But I may step aside in August. And when I step aside, I'm going to be 
like trying to figure out how to crack open a coconut, not how to crack open shares of Live Nation. There's worries right now, the Delta variant on the global economy. That's a bigger worry than it is in the United States. Um, again, Texas and Florida, they're going to go through some hell. But some states that have higher vaccination rates, they'll get some seasonal flu people. Is the thought on what we've seen so far? Keep in mind, I don't know, if the next Epsilon variant, Epsilon, Kappa, I don't know what it's going to be, and I don't know how nasty it's going to be. I know this Delta is highly contagious, which is pretty neat to learn. Like, I think we've all kind of learned a little bit in virology in the last 24 months. I haven't learned how to say it, that's for sure. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't be shy. If you have questions, hit me up. Maybe you can record it on audio. I'll use it on the show. You can make a recording on your phone. Drop it to Rob at robblackshow.com. Find me at robblackshow.com. An education-first approach to managing your money. This is the Rob Black Show.